Alright, what's up everybody and welcome back to Thoughts from the Shade. It is episode 57. Don't forget wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, hit your boys Bond with that five-star review, that five-star rating. Uh, greatly appreciated. And with that, we just got to get right into it. I'm back local. I'm back playing golf with Bomb. Um, we played with our previous guest from episode 56. Mr. Juice Man himself, me, Bomb, the Juice Man, and uh, our, our buddy Eric. Eric came out, so. A good friend. I mean, I, I don't know if you had any thoughts on, on Juice's appearance and your absence last week, or, or or if he had anything off the top here before we just get into the round of golf. I'll just address Juice's allegations. He said there was dodging that was occurring on my, my part. Uh, not Not the case. Uh, made the tea time immediately after hearing uh, last week's episode. Uh, I confronted Juice at the course. I confronted you. We had so many matches going. And uh, just so the people know, if you take episode 57, you add three to it and double it, that's what Bomb walked away with from your boy G, a buck 20. Wow, that's some quick napkin math. How you like that? Off the top. Yeah, pretty good. It was. Uh, it didn't really feel like that, that bad of a loss. Just... Uh, up the price, up the ante at the first tee, and lost the overall match by by one hole. And there was some pressing, a couple presses. Yeah, I mean, we talked about pressing in the spring. You know, I had to introduce you to that topic. You you weren't a fan at the time. Now you're in love with it. You go down earlier. It's on. So I I respect it. I, I'm ha- I'm happy you're doing it. it. It hurt me the other day, but. You know, you're a press guy now. Well, you're you had, a Tino press guy now. We'll say you had the a- analytics edge early, right? I mean, back when uh, Doug came on the scene, right? Uh, their fourth quarter, down by 14, scores the touchdown, always goes for two. The league's figured it out, G. I figured out that, you know, the analytics shows that when you're down two, going into three, you press the front. That's exactly what we did. That's what you did. Yeah, I won the first two. And you put the press on, took down the front, took down the front press. Now, not, not not a lot of movement on the back. The back, you know, was tight. I didn't need to open up any presses. I was still in it on the overall, still on, in it on the back. You're talking about the the back of the course, not your back being tight? No, my back's been great, actually. <laughs> Somebody else asked me that the other day, but no. The, the, the back is good. Didn't work out as much as I should have probably over the uh, the last six weeks or so, but we're hanging in there and – we're ready to gas it for fall golf this year because I missed that shit last year and that was that was painful because you're starting to feel it now in the air. It's a little little less hot, you know. The mornings are a little cooler, the nights are a little cooler, so we're getting there. But no, really, it all came down to the 18th hole because you only had two bets in the bag, and then there were three or four others that were all being decided on one hole. And uh, you know, we're gonna go into it, but. It all could have been avoided if I just wasn't an asshole that hit the ball right <laughs> along the street. So, you know, you get all you get all worked up after that. You owe the cash. You take the L. It hurts, and you think of like all the little things, every shot, every every situation. You know, the rulings and bomb getting the phone out, getting you in the parking lot, getting you back out on the course. You know what? I I, I took away from that. Just don't don't hit hit the ball in the fairway. Just hit the ball in the fairway. Give yourself a chance. We didn't do that. Uh, Should we fill the people in on what happened? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. If you want to give the play-by-play, you, 
I know you were excited. You, you ultimately were the victor, so I'll toss it over to you. So my man G, uh, had, you had a little momentum going. If I recall on 17, did you take that hole? Took 17 with a par. Doesn't took, happen took often Took 17 there. with a par. So my man G has the box. We had cart matches going. I had a match against Juice. I had matches against G. There were so many presses. I ran out of room on the scorecard. I didn't know what was going on. Can I address something real fast, though? Like, so we had, we had me, you, and Juice on the tee time for, for a couple days, and we were trying to fill it out. Now, this is no slight to my man, Eric. Um, really enjoyed playing with him. Look forward to playing with him again. Handicap was was up there. This man was getting a lot of strokes. You know, was this was this part of the part of the bomb strategy for the cart match? I mean, ultimately the cart match was a wash. So it was a good match. And, and Eric took took a couple holes or had a couple holes for you guys. So it was all good, but I'm even talking to Juice and he's like, "Man, when you play a guy that's getting a shot a hole all day, like it's it, it's tough to uh to get it done." And I was like, "Maybe that was part of Bomb's plan." Like well, it some, could be. You know, yeah, when, when it's me and somebody of like our skill type, you know, you bring you bring sweetness. He's a little bit better than us, but he's got a similar number. Then you got Juice comes in, he's a 7, he hits it far, you know, low 80s guy normally. Different strategy from the Bomb. He brings in, he brings in the stroke ringer, Eric. Well, you know, you had to bring him in. Uh, you know, you here's you know, here's a little bit of an aside for you here. When, you, when you're playing these matches, you got to think, who's the guy you're going to bring in right now? I had a great time playing with Eric a couple weeks ago. Bomb had the ace when he was playing with Eric. Bomb was wearing the same gear during the ace that he wore on Sunday, so everything was the same. I brought Eric out. I wore the same gear down in the underwear, down in the socks, down in the shirt, the the shorts and the hat. Everything was the same. Okay. You know, you got to respect a guy like Eric. This is this guy's a, a married gentleman. He's he's a new new father. All right, so you like a guy like that getting a lot of strokes because when he gets unplugged from the family for a few hours, when he gets a couple pops in him, that's the kind of guy that can really get something going. That's so true. He's just happy to be out there. He's he's loose. He's with he's with the boys. Um. And just ha- having a good time. He's not out there to, to win the Masters or, or anything. And I, I agree with that assessment. And, and, again, I don't bring it up as a slight to Eric because I'm a fucking stiff myself. Yeah, we all are. Uh, we all are. But I, I like the fact that there's a little doubt in your cart. Uh, the idea that you thought this was some sort of a strategery <laughs> from the bomber. Now, what you have to realize is there was no strategery. You know, I enjoyed playing with Eric. I said, let's keep this mojo going. I did, too. And... Uh, and hence the invite. But the fact that you were questioning the strategery, I mean, that says it all. It says it all as to why you went right on 18. Uh, it says it all as to why you sent me that fat Venmo. You know, thank God I'm getting the Venmo now because with the Inflation Reduction Act being signed, <laughs> one can safely assume that if that Venmo came in next year, all 80,000 of those new IRS agents are going to be up my ass saying, where'd you get this cash? I said, it's from G, it's from G, count it as a stimulus check. <laughs> not too fat, not too fat. Let's get to uh, 18. So you won 17. You have the box on 18. I believe I was the last to hit. You went right. And you started doing the tilt, you know, the, the infamous body tilt when the ball's up in the air and he's saying, hang on, folks, hang on. And it, it looked like it was going to hang on for you. Uh, but the bomb has to step up and answer himself. He can't go left. He can't go right. I mean, maybe the best drive of the day. Big high draw down the right <laughs> side. A monster bomb. 
uh, probably 320 if if you wanted to if you wanted to you know get the tape measure out. Uh, and I'm 320. I'm, <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I'm getting ready to blow past G, right? Because he went right and he knows he's looking for a ball. I'm getting ready to blow past him. And I'm getting ready to drive up to my ball and start looking at the lie. And I get waved over. And this is classic G. You know, you look at the PGA guys, you know, they call rules experts over, right? Well, what G does is he calls his opponent over and he goes, I need a ruling. I need a ruling. And I whipped the cart back around, almost got whiplash. I mean, it took me at least five minutes to get back to his ball from mine. Again, probably 100 yards up there. <laughs> and uh, and he's up against uh, a fence, a wooden fence down the right side of the 18th hole. Uh, one, one would argue it's a boundary fence up against the street. And uh, my man G clearly is going to struggle to get a swing off. Uh, his backswing is clearly inhibited. And he starts looking at me, and he and he starts at, you know asking for options. I mean, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe you were you were attempting to secure. Dare I say, it, a free drop, a no, little relief, a club length. I, I, I no, because this is what happened. We got we got down there. First of all, your drive was not 320 yards. There's not three hundred five. Not a chance in hell. Uh, and I hit a little drop kick bullshit thing that went right. It hit the ground. It's it skittered even farther, right? I, I wasn't even sure it was going to stay in. We're up against the road. It stays in. It's like under a fence. Not completely under it, but like Bob said, can't can't get the backswing on it. So, minor number one this year. Let me take you back to, to March or April, right? So, we hashed that out. Different, different type of boundary or different type of object. It was the man-made object. It wasn't a, a boundary. I was wrong. I was getting waxed that day. This day I wasn't getting waxed. I had a chance, but I was wrong in the last ruling, so I wanted to swallow my pride. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have rules officials that follow 15 handicaps around on, on a Sunday <laughs> evening. Uh, so I, I was waiting, waiting for you to come down and have a look. And I didn't want to I didn't want to offer anything at all. I you, you had the Bud Light in your hand. You were feeling good. You just pumped one down the fairway. I'm living on the edge. You you, you already know it's in the bag. Well, I don't and, know about that. <laughs> and well, you, you were you were certainly feeling good. So I'm just I'm I know that my last ruling was wrong. So we brought in the bomb. So I brought in the bomb, and it was still kind of a controversial ruling. And I said it in the video uh, on the story from the other day, teasing this shit, but we, there were people behind us on the tee. So we kind of had to come to something, but we had to come to a resolution. And here's, here was my thinking, right? So we're, we're looking at, so we have a boundary fence. I'm looking for stakes. First of all, what color are the stakes? Where are the stakes? Uh, if we're looking directly at the ball towards the hole, there's a stake that is directly in line with the fence line. If we turn around and look behind the ball, and look back towards the tee box, there is a white stake. Both of these stakes are, are white. There is a white stake that is is not in line with the fence line. In fact, it's maybe five feet to the right of the fence line, closer to in play. So I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, this ball very well could already be out of bounds. Uh, unfortunately, the pro shop was closed. I was going to call and see if they could maybe run a chalk line out, and we could you know, really determine whether or not this ball is OB. But uh, I said to G, I said, look, it very well could, OB, could be OB. I'm not going to get the protractor out here. We're not going to measure it. We Again, we got guys behind us. 
I said, I think uh, absent, uh, you know, uh, a chalk line, I'll allow you to play it as it lies. Play it as it lies. And there was a a saltiness in the air. I could tell. <laughs> I mean, my man G. I don't know if it was coming from his eyes. Uh, I think he was upset with the with the 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 ruling. Uh, he he was able to get club face on the ball, get it out to a point where he could make another shot. Not in the fairway, still in the rough, so still a tough shot. And uh, I mean, I don't know how you if you want to you know talk. Yeah, about I mean, it. the rest was it was downhill from there. I, I don't. I was more salty that I just hit a shitty shot. I mean, I knew I knew that whatever ruling I gave it would have been wrong, so I didn't open my fucking mouth because the last time <laughs> I did that, I got I got grilled. So played it as a lies, got it out, hit hit, hit the third shot poorly. Down into a uh, a trap. Actually, it was grass before the trap that was really heavy, and ultimately got got it all all the way up and out. Eventually, for like an eight. Um, I made a bogey. Dennis made a bogey. You know, he hit his he hit his so called three hundred twenty yard drive. Uh, I don't know how, but his third shot was from three hundred nineteen yards <laughs> in, and that. But he did make the five, which which was good. Uh, good to get it done. We get to the parking lot. And I'm just wondering about the ruling. I mean, I said, you know, Bombs got – he had 40 in the bag. There was 80 on the line on this hole. I need an actual ruling. Um, so we looked at the back of the scorecard. That said that the fence is the boundary on on the hole. Uh, we had Juice digging up USGA, you know, handbook numbers. Uh, and I think we ultimately came to the determination that I could get relief from the fence um, – you know, club length or whatever, but but take a penalty stroke. It was either you that either or take, take it unplayable or, or retake. Or, yeah, so take the unplayable or retake. Uh, you you had three options. Play it as it lies, take the unplayable and drop within a club length, or retake. Yeah. So we went back out. Um, and you didn't retake. Didn't retake. I thought that was odd. I, I didn't really even consider that, to be honest, because we were just, like, so fired up in the moment and talking about the scene of the crime and the fence and everything, so we just went back to the fence. Uh, I, did, I didn't consider the re especially the way I was hitting drive uh, these last last few days. I mean, not that it's ever immaculate, but it's been uh, – I can usually at least find something near the fairway, and it's been ugly lately, so – we took the club length. We didn't go for it. We punched out into the fairway, had a wedge in for four. Had to get up and down, right? Had to get up and down for about 105 yards, missed the green, ended up in the trap, and the rest was history. And now I'm just sitting across from a man. Looks like he stole my lunch. His, his pockets are fat. Uh, he ultimately took me down by one shot, and somehow it cost me all that cash. Yeah, I don't know. It was a Rashid Wallace who said, ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I deferred to you. I should back to the beginning of the story. I should have hit it in the fairway, but you know, I I thought about it even more throughout the week. Like, you've been thinking about this. Well, we have the podcast. You know, we have day jobs. I'm thinking may, maybe you, you got to get into the fencing industry a little bit. You know, <laughs> you know about the fence at town and country. You know about the fence at uh at Lulu Country Club along the road there. You know. Might be uh m- might be your third calling here. Well, look, I don't want to gloat because I didn't know the full rule, but I knew enough of the rule to know that you didn't know the rule. And uh, you know, gee, I got to call you out here. I mean, it's nothing personal. Uh, uh, but but you know, when I play against you, and we talk about golf rulings, I feel like Bill Belichick. I mean, 
you know, taking f- fake false starts to keep that play clock going, keep the game clock going. What are I you just, talking about? I just feel like you don't know the rules. <laughs> I know the rules. I, I know plenty of the rules. Like, I just, I don't know. I want to make sure everyone's on the same page. Like, I knew that that ball wasn't out of bounds. You 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 seem to think it might have been out of bounds. Could have that could have been. It was on. I knew it wasn't out of bounds. That's all I knew. It was debatable without a chalk line. What's I got the back of the scorecard right here. I got this whole card. I kept it for the for the pod. Yeah, but if we're going by white stakes. White stakes or property fences. Okay. All right. On eighteen. So I I don't know. We'll ask the we'll ask the I'll ask the pro shot this weekend. We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll keep it going, but no, I mean, I know I know plenty of the rules. Um, Man-made object. Remember the stone? You were talking about a big rock, a big boulder. Yeah, and I, you, you said it was man-made because it was painted. I mean, I might not know the rules, but you know, you talk about rules, you talk about etiquette. I mean, we're we've played Lulu Country Club a million times, and every time I'm chipping a ball. Or I'm putting, or Hags is, Juice is trying to putt. I got, I got you, like, like Bigfoot coming down towards the <laughs> hole, getting closer to the hole, getting in everybody's sight line, feeling the green with your fucking feet, and it's, it's just throwing everybody off. So <laughs> I, I got to get on you for that one. You know, I, there were there were balls that that went into roads and went into trees, and it's just it's just a drop. So. You know we're not we're not perfect out there. No, we're certainly not. But it was a it was a it was a controversial moment. It was a. I wish we were mic'd up because in the moment there was a lot of tension. There was a lot of I wouldn't quite call it anger, but there was a consternation with the ruling. And uh, you know, a lesser opponent, a guy not like Bum, would have said, "Look, you played it, you lost." But the kind of guy I am, G, I said, "You know what? Let's make sure the rule was properly adjudicated." Uh, you know, let let's go back out there, and 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 do what you can do. Yeah, I I respect it. I mean, I I played it. I didn't know the rule. We, like I said, we had to keep moving because we had people out there. I thought the other funny thing is when we went back out there, we went to the scene of the crime. We went to the fence, and there's a group like in front of us going to to 18 screen and we're like kind of back at the fence and they're like where'd you they drove back they're like where'd you guys come from and we're like oh well we we had a controversial ruling we, we got to replay the situation <laughs> and the guy's like he's like oh i'll give you the 15 bucks like just get the fuck out of here or something <laughs> and, and, and i'm like buddy if it was 15 bucks i'd already be sitting at the bar <laughs> so I, I i i thought that was uh that that was funny. Yeah, it was good to to end it at least. But no, I mean, it it was. I I think it was adjudicated the best it could have been. Uh, I obviously wasn't happy with myself in the moment. And next time we'll just hit the ball in the fairway, and we'll we'll, we'll get the money back. It's now the people are wondering. There's no there problem some, at there all. Some uh, uh, you know, decent chunk of, a chunk of, chunk of coin being uh, rendered on Sunday. But they were asking, when's the next minor? When's minor number three? Where's minor number three? I mean, the people want to follow. The people want to watch. Uh, what are you thinking here? I'm I'm ready. I mean, I'm I'm ready to go. I get a lot of crap for times, for place, for being here, being there. You know, we talked. You talked about I was being away. You know, I offered you to come down to the shore. I offered you lodging. I offered you a tea time. You know, you. you 
So and you played all the courses down there. You learned the lay of the land, um, and then you say, "Bomb, why don't you come down for a day trip?" I was whooped up. I was ready to play Shoregate before I'd <laughs> ever played it before, and you had so. Nah, I wouldn't want to do you like that. I mean, I think we got to go to a respectable joint, a place with a little class, uh, a, a course both of us have played, but a test, a true test. I can think of one place off the top of my head. As can I. Huntington Valley. That's right. Get Critty on the horn. We got to get him on the horn. Get him on the horn. I want I want, I want. want to eagle the eagle hole, the Critty eagle. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll get it on, we'll get it on the horn. Uh probably next few weeks, and then we'll save the last one for the home track to end the year, right? Well, I mean, didn't we play one at the home track? I want to get you for, like, uh, you know, the, the British Open, uh, maybe uh, Winco. <laughs> <laughs> what did we do, Town and Country in the Lou? Yep. Uh, you didn't cut, you, you didn't go to Bully Rock. That was, I didn't that go was to the Bully God. Rock. Maybe we could. Do we know anybody at Marion? Didn't, didn't somebody tell us that there was, like, no chance in hell you'd ever get on there? I think they were talking to you. I think they were talking about you because you were the one talking it up after Curtis Cup <laughs> saying you would tear that shit up. I I stand by that. So we'll we'll get uh we'll get binder number three on the calendar, and then uh, followed by number four. We'll wait till it gets a little cooler, you know, a little Br- like you said, British Open style. Um, but no, this is it's all good action. You know, we hadn't played in a while. You got we got to the the carts. You wanted to juice it up. I said let's juice it up. You came out on top. I thought we both played pretty poorly. Um, Pathetic. (laughs) You know, we're sitting here arguing over a ball next to a fence. I mean, we both played like total dickheads. Yeah. So it was, it was all good. Uh, And it it just builds the drama for, for minor number three. That was like minor two and a half. Yeah. You know, that was a little tune up. Nothing official, no, no season long points, but you know, those are to be had. But that, that's all I got. I'm I'm happy to be home, happy to be back grinding at the loo, you know, having a little bit of more time, uh, you know, to myself, I guess, and not, not being down the shore. Got to get this game right because uh, it's getting serious out there. It's getting very you serious. Know, I, think, I think we're taking it a little, little bit more serious than these guys ever on, on live golf, you know. It's, oh, it's, I it's can just, tell you. It's just a party out there. Yeah, you know, the live thing, it's interesting. Not that I want to go down that rabbit hole, but it would be more interesting if guys were playing for, like, cash. Like, not everybody wins. You know what I mean? Like, it should be one pool of money, and then they all got to, like, put it up. You know what I mean? You got to put up the same amount of money to get in. They should have to buy in. So there's some some skin in the game. Mickelson would go right back to the PGA. Well, Mick, yeah. He's be, got nothing left. He'd be broke. <laughs> he'd, he'd be broke. He'd be he'd be over in Saudi Arabia pumping oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, we 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 get all serious and fired up, and in the end, it's it's really just kind of a big joke. So, minor number three to come. Uh, I kn- I know talking before we did the podcast. I mean, have, haven't been watching a ton of Phillies. Obviously, they lose the th- uh, two out of three of the Mets over the weekend. They had a big win uh, in the first game. You know the play by Veerling, and they win it in extras, and that 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 had a little bit of a feel to it that game. Uh, and then I'd listen to the the Nola Degrom game, driving up from the shore, sounded like a snoozer. Both pitchers, you know, throwing gas and everything. And then Sunday we were on the golf course, missed that. Beat the Reds last night. Got to take care of business against those stiffs. But I look today. At the numbers, you know, you, you did the quick napkin math. You know, I don't know how many times you rehearsed that. 
for 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 this podcast. You know, to tell everybody that you took took some of my money. We know we know how much you love that. But uh, I'm I'm more of in the in the field of numbers in terms of uh, the odds right now. And I looked at the odds for the Phillies to make the playoffs today, minus three thirty. So obviously, you know, the expanded playoffs this year, six teams. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head right now, you know, how much of a cushion they've got in that wild card race. Uh, but when I see a number like minus 330, I mean, if they don't make the playoffs here, that would be a colossal failure and a colossal disappointment. And I know earlier in the year I said I wasn't in, you know, I ripped on the the, the hitting season people and the, the shore bombers and the dinger seasons and, you know, there's been some of that, but they, they pl- finally play one of the big boys over the weekend. What they score? One run? Two runs? So, uh, yeah, t- they got a two-and-a-half game cushion on the Brewers at the moment, uh, who would be the seventh seventh team right now in the NL. But I just I, – I look at minus 330. I mean, I, I think that's a pretty, uh, a pretty steep price for them to make the playoffs. Like, two-and-a-half game cushion, what are their – 50 or so games to go like a lot a lot can change I know Harper's coming back uh, I know they're beating up on, on this week's schedule and the week schedule kind of continues but like that is a steep price to pay for them to make the playoffs I'd say there's a little value on the no but but as a fan I'd say if they don't make it now it's it's, it's really bad like failure what do you think if we could rewind to uh, September of 2007 the New York Metropolitans, seven up, seventeen to go. What do you think those odds were? Like oh, minus ten thousand? Had to be at least like minus three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> That's I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I'm like shit like that happens all the time. And baseball is just one of those sports where it's kind of hot and cold. Like that's another reason, you know, I, I talked about not with Hags or with Juice, but with you two weeks ago, like it's kind of exciting. Like I'm kind of in because if you just get in the dance, I feel like ba- you know, like most sports, but but baseball definitely. You get in, you have hot bats, you have hot pitching. Like you can you can do some damage and make a run. On that note, your boy Bomb back in first week of April put a hundred bucks on your fighting fills to win the World Series. What was the number then? Plus twenty five hundred. What is it now? Let's take a look. I feel like it's got to be a little. Eh, it's probably about the same now. What would you guess? If I, I I looked at the to make the playoffs, I didn't look at them to win the World Series. I'd probably guess it's plus two thousand. You're looking, and you got it at twenty five hundred. It's probably right. Yep. It's right in that ballpark. I guess I totally fucked myself because right now it's at plus thirty five hundred. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know when they were struggling that it was like up to like four thousand. Um. Here's what I'll say, just knowing that now and seeing the odds for making the playoffs, to, to G's point, you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. A couple pitchers get hot, a couple bats get hot, timely hitting. You think back to, uh, you know, those mid, that mid-2000 St. Louis Cardinals team that was like 82-80. and 80. They got hot. They won the World Series. They rode an arm to the, to the title. Uh, don't even look at the playoff odds. Put 100 bucks on the fight and fills at plus 3,500. And the closer they get to the playoffs, once they get into the dance, I'm thinking you might be able to cash out that ticket if they win a round or two. 
and then roll it into something else in during the playoffs. So by all means, don't don't let it run, don't let it ride. But you know, if they can get in, I think uh, the cash out value of that ticket goes up. No doubt. No, I, it's not. I mean, with those odds to make the playoffs, it, it, it's a it's a little bit of a lotto ticket, but you could easily get some returns on it if they just get in and win around. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Reds, I don't know who's who's up after that. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, but I, I do want to get into something, and uh, maybe this is my bone to pick of the week. I know we got yours coming up, but, you know, I'm down the shore. I'm watching these games, and, you know, I'm, I, I won't do it justice like you do getting on these broadcasters uh, on this Phillies broadcast, but – do you ever notice when you watch these games, they get on Kyle Schwarber, whoever Castellanos, uh, not not to uh, you know mention him as a player of the game because he hasn't hasn't been great this year, uh, but whoever they get as the player of the game, you know they get the, they get the headphones on and they're down there outside of the dugout, and they they get on the horn with T Mac and Crook, and if if you listen to that, you'll notice that T Mac and Crook never really actually ask the player a question uh i believe the one night last week against the marlins i was watching with my brother and it was kyle schwarber had like a big hit late they they came back and won that game late and t-max just like oh kyle that was a great game and i really love to see how fired up you were after you came around first with that hit and it's like and then and he, he leaves him with that yeah like he, like that's the line that that he drops him with. Like that's not a question. Like how, how do you answer? That? Oh, thanks. Yeah, I was fired up because we took the lead. Like no shit. Um, it's because those idiots ride around on the team, the team plane on the road trip, and they probably sit in the back and they think they're buddy buddy with these guys. None of these players respect these fucking idiots, particularly T Mac. They might respect Crook because he played. But uh, yeah, I t- I totally agree. I mean, it, it's 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 just verbal diarrhea. Yeah, it's it's terrible and. Crock does the same thing. Like he's he's talking about uh, he like he literally does like you know when you're not watching the game and you can go on you know your your app on your phone and you can see like uh, Alec Bohm hit, hit single, uh, Reese Hoskins struck out swinging, uh, whoever walked. Like I swear, John Crock like the the inning that swings the game, he just pulls the phone out and he's like he's scrolling down the thing and just naming everything that everybody did. And then doesn't again doesn't ask the question, and the player's just there with like nothing to answer. And like these these media guys, these uh, you know announcers, they wonder why they get nothing out of these players. They don't ask anything. A couple of weeks ago, they interviewed Nick Maton um, after the game. Now Maton has been in the minors all year long. He he's been up and down the past couple of years, but primarily a minor league player. And uh, McCarthy and Crocker asking him, I think it was actually, I think it was McCarthy. Oh, Nick, uh, for, for you know, comparing this year's clubhouse to last year's clubhouse, what do you see that's different? I don't know, asshole. I wasn't here for either of them. I've been up for a fucking cup of coffee. Like, I just don't, these guys, not only do they not ask, the, they, they just, verb, it's just verbal diarrhea. And then when they do ask a question, it's like the wrong question. Just un- it, it really is infuriating. Yeah, and you know, if, why don't they bring back Murph, Greg Murph? What, what was wrong with Murph? The uh, on-field interview gets the gets the pie in the face. The yeah, and he was in the, the stands. Gatorade. He was in the stands yucking it up. You know, getting some people on TV, some TV time. So you, you got to give him that. Uh, 
But if you watch those broadcasts long enough to the point where you're in the crossover and you got Michael Barkhan screaming at you, you know, it's nice to watch the Phillies because it's kind of relaxing until the post game comes on and Barkhan's screaming. Um, but then they do this crossover thing and they, they give T-Mac the boot and it's just Kruk. And again, it's, it's Kruk going on like after that Marlins series, he's going on about the Mets. And, you know, you, when you play teams like this, you got to have timely hitting and you got to have timely hitting. And you're going to face guys like DeGrom and Scherzer and the, they're great pitchers. You know, you got to wait them out. You got to wait them out. You got to make them beat themselves. And he's, he's talking about make them make a mistake. It's like, dude, these guys have both won like multiple Cy Young awards. Like it's not really – like, I don't I don't know what point that he's trying to make, but like they give him such a long leash, he's he's there like a dog out of breath after going for like a walk in the middle of the summer. The guy needs a sip of water. <laughs> yeah, like so I don't I don't know if if people stick around for for that post game nonsense. I mean, oh, it's so bad. You you crush the uh, the in game shenanigans, um, but I mean I I, I just noticed it. Watching watching one game last week all in one night, and I'm just like this this is trash. Like I I hate to say, but it's, it's just unbelievable how how bad of a production it is. Agreed. That's all I got on the Phillies. You got uh, you get you gave the people put the ticket in thirty five hundred. Why not? Why not? Gotta believe. Why not? He says. Um, and with that, we'll uh, we'll crank it up a little bit and. You know, I preface it before my weak-ass bone or half-decent bone. We'll see what the people think of that one. Uh, but we're going to the man of the bone himself. Bombs, bone, to pick of the week. And has to do with the Little League World Series. You know you're getting so close to football season when those little mites are on ESPN and ESPN2 and you got 11-year-old kids hitting 400-yard home runs. So... With that, we'll uh, we'll pass it over to Bomb for his bone to pick of the week. Thank you, G. I think everyone knows where I'm going with this. Last year, I went on an absolute tirade slash rant about dugout, the third most famous groundhog in Pennsylvania, and how the kids love trading bubble gum, uh, you know, cards and eating bubble gum and trading pins and eating funnel cake with all the opponents and bunking with the team from here and the team from there. And everybody's a buddy. Everybody's a friend. You know, the four hitter just hit a 500 foot bomb off my pitcher, but I'm going to give him a tap around the bases. Everyone heard that rant last year. And, and, and somehow this is worse than all of it. Uh, believe it was Oklahoma versus East Texas. Uh, a kid gets drilled in the head. He's got the, you know, the mouth guard on the on the uh, on the helmet. The, you know, it used to be just Terrence Long had that. Now you got every fucking little leaguer. Mikey Trout has the mouth guard on the helmet, so I gotta have it, mom. So he's got the mouth guard on the helmet. He gets fucking popped in the head. It looked like uh, looked like a Manchester United game. Uh, the kid's writhing on the ground. I thought a yellow card or a red card was gonna come out. He's writhing on the ground as if the kid just threw like a Jacob deGrom 102-mile-an-hour fastball. I mean, these kids are throwing fucking 60. Okay, the helmets aren't any different in the Little League than they are in the big leagues. And this kid's writhing on the ground because he got popped in the head. But he pops right back up. Little Janny sprints down to first. And uh, the pitcher's visibly shaking. He's, uh, tears are flowing. Uh, I mean, the bases are loaded at this point, right? Bases are loaded. 
Yeah, it's got nothing. No, I feel like it's got nothing to do with the the situation that's actually uh, unfolding in the ball game. It's just more that he felt bad that he hit the kid in the head, right? Oh no, I thought it was the opposite. I oh, just assumed no. the kid was crying because he was melting down, and the other team's about to peg him for six runs in the bottom of the whatever. I I thought the opposite. It could have been a combination of both. I mean, look, little leaguers cry, but I don't think that's the point of the bone. So this, kid, this kid's crying. This kid's crying. The pitcher's crying. And uh, the coach calls time, and he starts walking out to the mound. But there's someone else that walks over, little Janny, the little kid that just rides on the ground. I thought he was concussed. I thought we were going to uh, you know, put him in the protocol. He tosses the helmet aside. First of all, do you see this kid's look? He's got the socks so far pulled up his ass. I mean, you know, the last time I saw a guy with sacks that high was like Hunter Pence. They're above his knees. Uh, he's all swagged out. You know, he's got the necklace and the he had the hair. He had the hair flow, didn't he? Hair, you know. Uh, and uh, he starts meandering over to the mound and walks up to the pitcher. And the pitcher, I don't even, I don't even know that the pitcher knew what was going on. Uh, and he gives the pitcher a hug. And, the, the, you know, the coach, you know, this little league bullshit, everyone's mic'd up so you can't say how you really feel. And the coach comes out and you can hear the little, you can hear little Johnny saying, it's okay, it's okay. Hang in there, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> the bone isn't with that kid. Uh, I could argue the bone's with his father. Uh, I could argue the bone is with ESPN because they solicit this type of bullshit fake sportsmanship. But, uh, you know, I really have to give a bone to just the general public that reacts to this kind of stuff. It's one of the most disgusting, uh, uh, one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in athletics. And now we're calling it sportsmanship. We, we call this, this type of stuff sportsmanship. You know, sportsmanship used to be playing hard, respecting the game, respecting your opponent sportsmanship in 2022 is just being a cuck so you're gonna walk out there <laughs> you're little johnny you're 11 or 12 years old and uh you're gonna you're gonna hug the opponent he failed his teammates so that that team just to give you an idea that team went on to lose the team the, the little johnny's team little lost johnny's team lost okay he gave the hug and they gave lost. the hug and they lost and you have a pitcher you have a pitcher that's in turmoil. You have the bases juiced, and you're going over there to console the kid. That is the opposite of sportsmanship. I think it's a slap in the face to his teammates. But, you know, really, the fact that the media picks up on this stuff and 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 promotes it, and it's in the highlights, and it's trending on Instagram, and it's trending on Twitter, you know, you got to ask yourself, like, what are we doing here? I mean, we are in essence, telling these 10, 11, 12-year-old kids that this is the type of behavior we expect from you. If you do this in next year's Little League World Series, you'll go viral. You're such a good guy. It is ESPN camera virtue signaling is what it is, and it's one of the most disgusting things. Um, You know, Little League, you want to teach kids to play the game hard. You want to teach kids to play the game the right way. You want to teach kids to respect the opponent that doesn't mean going and give the kid a hug. You, you want to go shake his hand after the game? Be my guest. Slap high five. I mean, this is bad. I mean, this is really, really bad. 
I don't I don't disagree. That was kind of my thought too. It was like let's move on with the game. You know, let the coach if it, you know, they're younger kids, they get emotional. Let the coach go out, calm them down. Let's move on with the game and then if you when you really show your true colors is when the camera ain't rolling. I mean, I know that they're kids. I know maybe that was a nice gesture, but you you talk about how they're sacking up and they're playing cards and, you know, they're going to, uh, you know, the carnival in Williamsport with the team from this town and so on and so forth. Just go see the kid at that point and dap him up and be like, yeah, man, I'm good. Like, I know you didn't mean to hit me in the head. I'm good. And that's it. That's it. Like, don't don't kill the spirit of, of the competition on the field by, you know, trotting over to the mound for a hug. You have an opponent rattled, and you're going over to console him. I mean, if I'm his teammate, I'd be livid. Where's the first base coach? He might have. He dude. I mean, they they ultimately lost the game, so he might have killed the vibes. I mean, where's how, the first base coach? How did how did his teammates accept it? You don't know. You know, I got a mini bone with the catcher of the opposing team. The kid gets drilled. He starts making his way over to the pitcher. I was taught, as a former uh, catcher, that if a kid get, a kid gets drilled and he starts moving towards the pitcher, you fucking tackle the kid. I mean, who's to say this kid wasn't going over there to pop him? Not only did he not blindside him, he gave him a hug. <laughs> it's one of the most disgusting things I've ever, ever seen. And let me tell you who's not doing it. Chinese Taipei. Japan. Saudi Arabia. All business, man. All fucking Mexico. They show up in Williamsport. They take your fucking lunch money and they go home with that championship medal. Instead, we're we're promoting these kids that are going there hugging. It's okay. It's all right. We made it this far. It's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, and w- w- what happened to us? Like, you know, you had the Bronx back in the day. They were forging birth certificates to bring up Danny Almonte <laughs> to throw fucking old, 85 from 46 feet. Fucking <laughs> pumping gas to win it all. Nah, we're hugging now. Hug it out. This kid Hug was, it out. This kid was throwing 85 as a six-foot-two lefty. It's supposed to be 12 years old and, and hit, hitting 430-foot bombs. It's unbelievable. <laughs> now, we're, now we're hugging it out, man. No, it's really it's startling. It's startling. Um, speaking of little league, I mean, this is not even the bone. This isn't the bone. Just an aside. Did you see the call the at the end of the, one of these games, these regional championships, to go to Williamsport? You got to remind me. Runner on second, tie ball game, two outs in the bottom of the sixth. The team in the field needs to stop, go to extras, whatever it is. Kid at the plate hits a three hopper down the third baseline. The third base coach, or sorry, the third base umpire. Now keep in mind, little league normally it's two umpires, right? You got a, a, a field ump and a home plate ump. They bring out these volunteers for uh, you know regionals and and uh, you know Williamsport. And we'll get into that in a second. I got many opinions on these volunteer umpires and paid umpires as well. So you got a ball that three hops down the third baseline. Uh, and the third base umpire, it crosses the bag, right? Uh, and he throws his hands in the air like this. Throws his hands directly up in the air as if to indicate, you know, time. He doesn't make uh, a fair call. He doesn't make a foul call. The hands What kind go of call up. is that? The hands go up. The left fielder stops running. That That's... Before you even said he didn't indicate fair, fair or foul, if I was playing and I saw the hands go up, like my instinct would be like the play's dead. 
they zoom out, and you got the home um, home plate umpire thinking it's his call. So now he calls it fair. Oh my god! So the third base coach notices this. the The runner on second paused and stopped, and then he picks up his third base coach. Unlike our boy Odubel, he picks up his third base coach, who's waving him the whole way. The kid touches third. He scores. Game over. They review it. They go to Bristol. They got the cameras. Remember, the same cameras that have little Jenny going over to give the hug. We got to have a perfect angle. What happened to third? Clearly, the guy called time. He, it should have been a foul ball. Play stands. And it was foul? Like, on the replay, oh. you could see it was foul? I, I would argue... Well, it was tough to tell whether it was fair or foul. What I, what I can see on camera definitively is the third base umpire throwing his hands in Just the giving air. you a no call. And... You, you know, I mean... Do you really want to kill these volunteer umpires? Like, no, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to have to be the guy that does it. Um, youth officiating, youth umpiring is pathetic. I can't believe that, you know, ESPN televises all these games. We have all these angles. We have all these, you know, you can challenge. And we still can't get it right. We got strike zones that are... You know, uh, the size of Iowa, basically. You just you throw it anywhere around the plate, it's a fucking strike. Um, I forgot about that you got, until you got, I turned that on this you, year. You got umpires who, because of the fact that they've been umpiring in uh, Punxsutawney Little League uh, all year long, they forget that now they have field umpires, a guy at third, a guy at first. So this, this home plate umpire is calling it fair. It's on his call. It's on his call. The ball's going over the bag. Third base umpire needs to call it. The only time, and I saw a debate about this. These these, pe- these people on Twitter, they don't know the game. So if the ball, if the ball, if it's in question anywhere between home and third base, if the ball is trickling along the line before it gets to the bag, that is the call of the home plate umpire. The minute the ball goes past the bag, whether it lands past the bag, whether it dribbles past the bag and over the bag, or it goes left of the bag, that's the call of the third base umpire. And, uh, you know, again, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to kill these volunteers, but like, you gotta have some sort of a legitimate crew out there. Can you get, I mean, college is over college world series is over. Like, can't we just pay some college umpires to come in and, and do a little league game and tighten things up a little bit, but instead it's gotta be, Oh, it's for the fun of the game. It's it. Guess what? You get the way sport. It ain't fun anymore. We're here to fucking win. I would agree with that. And like, <laughs> You go through life, and, and, and just like on like a, a big scale, you think like, what, what do they say? Like the worst decision you can make is is no decision. Yep. Like that's what went through that guy's head when it was like fair, foul. He just he just threw both hands up. Like he, he made no decision. <laughs> I, I got a funny story for you, and uh, hopefully people don't uh, kill me too bad for this one. But growing up, you know, I was lucky enough to have a, uh, a father who was involved in uh, – you know, your youth, your youth sports. So, you know, he coached and, you know, this, that, and the other. So, uh, you play on the, you know, play these games, you go, you go on the road and you, you, you know, you play these other travel teams, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, you know, you play these games, but like you need a, you need an umpiring crew. So my dad, you know, uh, was, uh, you know, through, through the little league ranks on up, there was this guy, bicycle, Bob, we called him bicycle, Bob. Uh, he didn't have a car. He rode his bike everywhere. Good guy. Nice enough guy. I'm not killing the guy. Uh, you could tell we had fallen on hard times, right? But he was an umpire. He was a local Little League umpire. 
And uh, <laughs> my father thought enough of this guy to basically say, hey, Bob, why don't you do our games? You know, come do the games. We'll, you know, they pay them the going rate or whatever. Gives the guy a chance to make some cash. And because he, again, was Bicycle Bob and couldn't drive, naturally he wasn't a great fit for travel. <laughs> so... I'm in the car about three hours before the game because uh, we're not just driving in the field. We got to go drive 20 minutes this way to go pick up Bicycle Bob. So I'm in the car the entire, all these games, going game to game. I mean, my father's driving the umpire to the game. Is he working him over in the vehicle? You would think. I mean, I think there's some <laughs> advantage to that, right? You're saying, hey, buddy, we'll give you a paycheck. I'll drive you to the fucking game. You don't have a car. You're just riding a bike. Like, we're driving an hour this way. Like, we'll drive you everywhere, right? Um, God bless his soul. I mean, the guy was pretty old then. I'm assuming he's gone now. This guy punched me out every opportunity. <laughs> I mean, on the base paths, at the plate, the ball could be a foot and a half outside. If it was anywhere close, I knew I was getting punched out. I would slide into second base, be safe, you know, literally like dive head first into the bag, hand on the bag, getting ready to call time on the bag, still on the ground. And he hits you with the delayed punch out. I mean, I got punched out <laughs> in every single play that was even close to bang, bang. And I just, I sat there. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Driving this guy to all these games. He just fucks me. <laughs> but I was holding the grudge on bicycle Bob. Cause he never got to Williamsport. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I can't kill that guy, but at least he was paid. He wasn't a volunteer, but I mean, to that, to that end, I mean, we're driving the guy around, drove him around, gave him a paycheck and he's punching you out. He was punching in. He was punching you out. <laughs> Yeah, and my, my father's credit, I said, I said, uh, you, know, you want to talk about sportsmanship? This is actual a life lesson. This isn't that bullshit that you see on ESPN. I said to my father, I said, well, well, look, we're driving this guy around. I'm getting punched out. What are we doing here? And he basically told me to shut the fuck up because, you know, this guy needs needs some cash, and that's what we're going to do. So if you don't want to, you don't want to be punched out, swing the fucking bat. So that that in my mind is actual sportsmanship, not the bullshit that you see on ESPN. Yeah, that's that that's a real life lesson. There was no camera rolling. Nobody uh -huh. captured that for social media or anything. That's that's good stuff. That's that's a good memory. Um, appreciate you bringing that to light. Uh, after your 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 bone with the Little League World Series. Yeah, shout shout out to Bicycle Bob. We got rest his soul. Bicycle Bob, you're the man punching out bomb. I gotta try to do that next time I get him on the golf course. But uh You can maybe you could bring him out as a rules official. <laughs> <laughs> we we do need one. Hey, you need a little cash? We we got a couple of bones for you. We'll play for a little less and give it to Bicycle Bob. Um Eagles preseason rolls on, couple guys. Nicked up, right? Kelsey, they're saying he's he should be back week one. If not, it sounds like uh, what's his face? Jurgens had a nice pre first preseason game. Would be ready to to fill the hole for for the time being with Kelsey out. I think Devonte Smith was back practicing today. He's dealing with a little groin. Um, I forget. I, I don't really think there's anybody else. A note, nothing serious. So all good on that front so far. Honestly, uh, obviously preseason game one. I think they ended up losing to the Jets. Uh, but obviously the big play from the preseason game was the hit on Jalen Hurts from some bum on the Jets, a couple steps out of bounds. Uh, and I know, you know, we, we got on here a couple weeks ago. We were get, looking forward to the Eagles, and I was talking about Sirianni and saying how I think he's got a little bit of an act. Well, I got I got to give him a half, kind of a half apology because, you know, after Hurts got lit up, 
he was two steps out of bounds. That was a terrible hit, especially for preseason. Uh, you know, the the clip went viral of Sirianni on the sideline just calling out Robert Saleh. Saleh, what the fuck? <laughs> so, like, I, I, I appreciated that. I love that. Um, you know, some, some of the shit that he does or says, it might seem a little funky, but that, that seemed pretty genuine. And you could tell he, he uh, was fired up for his guy Hurts, so... Uh, I'll give you give you a bit of an apology, a preseason apology, Nick. It's not a regular season one; it's a preseason one. Um, but yeah, I mean, no no real thoughts on the birds. Let's just get through this preseason healthy, and uh, you know, get to Detroit with with a full roster. I got something for you, by the way, uh, on the birds. Not not the preseason game, but the uh, open practice at the link. The video of Jordan Davis manhandling, uh, you know, babe, baby Kelsey Jurgens, right? What did you think of uh, our boy Jordan Davis when he was asked about the video? That was incredible. So yeah, they so if you didn't see the clip, I mean it's 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 one rep in practice, and Davis blows Jurgens off the ball, like pushes him like ten yards back with like no resistance, and the, obviously you know the media always stirring the pot. You know we we talk about this a lot. Uh, you know this this media stirring the pot. I mean. As a fan, you just want to hear like some honest answers from these guys about like you know how the team's looking, how they're feeling, uh, you know what do they think of the opponent. But everybody's got to stir the pot and and try to stir the pot within the team. You had I don't know who asked the question a couple weeks ago. And I'm kind of going off track here, but somebody asked Jalen Hurts like, "Is Devonte Smith jealous of AJ Brown because you guys are like best friends?" I mean, and they, Hurts, they were buddy. They went they went to Alabama together. I mean, what are we talking about here? Yeah, and 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 Hurts like totally blew that off. He's like he's like, "Don't even start that. Like, don't even try that. Like, I know what you're doing all this shit." But but then so with the Davis clip, him blowing up Jurgen, somebody asked him like, "What do you think of like that clip going viral?" And Jordan Davis like. I don't know what they're teaching these kids at Georgia, but they're teaching them great things. You know, they're winning championships and they're instilling character in young men, something they're not doing at the Pennsylvania State University. But Jordan Davis, this guy goes, I hated it. I I hated to see him, you know, look like that in the rep. It was only one rep. He got the best of me in a, in a bunch of other reps. Uh, he's like, I, I just hate that, you know, that was the only thing that was captured and that it kind of went viral because he's a great player and he's a great teammate. Uh, and he wins plenty of reps himself. So, like, that was that was the coolest part of, of that entire clip, you know, going viral on the Internet, not the clip itself. Yeah, and I think it, it, you said it, right? You, the guys at Georgia, the guys at Alabama, they are uh, competitors. They compete day in and day out against other five-star, four-star guys in practice, and um, they're winning cultures. And when they drafted Davis, they asked him about, you know, everybody's killing him for his sack total, you know, bullshit. And uh, basically he said, look, you know, I do what I do what I have to do to help the team win. Uh, he was eating blocks. He was moving bodies. And that's why those linebackers, that's why, you know, the, 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 the kid uh, Walker goes number one overall. You know, people are just walking into sacks and tackles for loss because this guy is clearing the bodies. And, um, and uh, he didn't say that as a way to say, like, oh, that's why my numbers weren't better. He actually said that, and the tone in which he said that was because he truly wants to win. And It's all about the team. And, 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 and those are the types of guys you need. And um, I'm just thankful that Howie has finally realized you go to the premier programs. These guys, they know how to compete. They know how to be good teammates. 
Uh, they know how to pick their teammates up. So I was pumped up about that. And ultimately, they know how to win. And win. Because all that shit equates winning. And that that's something I saw today. Uh, I don't know who Jay Glazer's with now. You know who Jay Glazer uh, is, yeah. right? That short, like, bald guy. Yeah. I think he was on Fox. I don't know. I love Glazer. With all, yeah, he's hilarious. With all the realignments, I don't know where he is now. But he was at the Eagles facility today. And uh, I think his, like, his big takeaway was, like, the culture of cohesiveness or something, like, with the Eagles. And I was like, that's... I mean, you know, it's all cliche and it's all good and well in the summer, but like that's that's the kind of stuff that you want to hear, you know, and uh-huh. and you know, hurts not falling into the trap of you know, is is Devonte jealous that AJ Brown's supposedly your best buddy and Jordan Davis, you know, sticking up for Jurgens even though he manhandled him or whatever? Like, that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff you need, you know, everybody on the same page, everybody in the same boat, pushing the same direction, so. Let's make it to Detroit uh, in one piece and start kicking ass then. Uh, but, you know, we talked about a little bit of college. You talked about Georgia. I talked about, you know, Penn State. They don't they don't groom them that way. I don't know if groom is, is a fair word or not, so apologies in advance. <laughs> well, definitely not a Penn State. Yeah, def- de- definitely not, uh, you know, <laughs> depending on what you believe. Uh, anyway, uh, we had the coaches poll come out last week. We had the first a- preseason AP poll, the Associated Press Top 25. Penn State uh, missing from both sets of rankings. Uh, they are, are receiving some votes, you know, and uh, after the 25th team is listed, they show others receiving votes. Penn State's getting some votes, but not in the top 25 to start the year in, in either poll. Uh, and I honestly couldn't be happier because they're they're not deserving of it. After these last two seasons, uh, it's, it's kind of a show me year. It's kind of a approve it year for for jf uh and clifford uh and the program it's approve it year for clifford i mean prove it, it to who uh enterprise rent a car prove it to himself i guess i i don't know it's just approve it in terms of like let's win some football games that for me like let, let's not start five and oh and then twist our ankle and you know come come down with a cold and miss the rest of the year and go four and five in the big ten or finish the year you know, seven to five again, like I'm, I'm just not interested and they haven't shown me any reason to be. So it's, it's kind of nut up time starting Thursday, September 1st in West Lafayette. That's a bad opener, man. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a real bad opener. <laughs> uh, I mean, we'll, I think we'll, we'll save kind of our, our college football preview and, and I'll, I'll give, uh, I'll give another game by game for Penn State. I think I I think I had them at eight and four last year, and they went seven and five. So I was I was in the ballpark. We're gonna we're gonna try to nail it this year. But yeah, that's a bad opener. I think Penn State's a three and a half point favorite at the moment. Oh my god! Uh, at Purdue Thursday All night. Right. Oh yeah, it, it it it's it stinks. It, it it'll be it'll be an interesting game for sure. At least it'll be like exciting, you know. Like I don't know if Penn State goes in there and blows them out. It certainly doesn't feel that way, but. The other thing I looked at with Penn State is the season win total, and it's eight and a half. Um, the under is a slight favorite. The over is a little bit of plus money. I just think that's an interesting number. I don't think the schedule is terrible this year. You get Ohio State at home. Uh, you have to go to Auburn, have to go to Michigan, but I just kind of feel like nobody really knows what to make of this team. Uh when you say nobody, what do you mean? Like I don't know the odds makers, you know, because 
I think nine wins is solid, but I th- I think they could win seven or eight. It's just it's just like a weird it's a weird number. I don't know. I think I think they have a decent roster coming back. The quarterback questionable, O line questionable, but the defense should be good. Defense has some depth, uh, other than middle linebacker. I think they have a competition there, but the rest of the defense should be solid. Uh, you know, they're solid at the skill positions on offense, aside from the quarterback. Obviously the question mark is always in, in year twelve for Clifford, but I think they got the horses to maybe win nine or ten games. It's just a matter of can and will they do it? I think it depends how quickly they pull the plug on fourteen. <laughs> if he goes down with another soft injury in game one in West Lafayette, there's a chance they're a double digit win win a uh, uh, football team. I think if this guy plays more than four games, they're they're a seven win football team. Um, yeah, that's one of my initial thoughts on this season. Like, yes, it's a it's a show me year, but also like if it starts really poorly, like say you lose to Purdue and then you lose to Auburn in like week three, just get like, just ship Clifford off of campus. You Is know? that Purdue game a Thursday night game? Thursday night. Oh, bla- 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 blackout for the Boilermakers oh in God. West Lafayette. Yeah, it's- I might have to order up a little replica, one of those Boilermaker drums and start banging. That thing. <laughs> oh my God. I can't wait. Yeah. It should be electric. Cause uh, Ohio state had Minnesota. Uh, in Minnesota last year on opening Thursday night, and they they got a good scare there. Well, here's what our quarterback, when I say our, your quarterback, is thinking about heading into West Lafayette, and I quote, now I'm able to speak about things that I want to speak about and have conversations with my teammates to grow their minds and help their families and people across the country. Just having a different voice. It's a breath of fresh air, honestly, to football. Cover four is a lot easier to read when you're doing deals in the morning. <laughs> is that serious? That's an actual quote. You're so fucked. Yeah. That kid. This has, guy's a baby Wentz. That, that kid hasn't read a coverage in his life. I mean, come on, man. Cover, I mean, look, look here. Fan Nation, all Penn State FN. What's, I mean, if you think I'm kidding, read the subtitle. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, Cover I, four is a lot easier to read when you're doing I believe, deals in the morning. I believe it. It's that just. Un, could you imagine a, uh, the quarterback at Alabama saying that? Absolutely not. This is this whole like them being unranked. I think like pretty much every year with Clifford, they've been ranked in in the the preseason, and now now they're not. And this guy's talking about you know worried about business deals, limitless, and, and you know unions like you talked about, um, which I'm I'm no expert on. You know. D- Maybe these kids deserve something like locally. You know, does he want to promote the local uh, T-shirt shop in State College and you're the quarterback, you're the big big guy on campus, great. But, like, miss me with the whole the whole big shaboom, you know? He's a CEO. He, dude, he's a CEO and a quarterback. He's not, he, I, I, I hope he's better. I hope he's better at being a CEO than he is at being a fucking quarterback. But um, uh, I wanted to say something else talking about Clifford and Penn State. Oh, because you're getting on me. Notre Dame. I think they were fifth in the AP poll. Fifth in the AP poll, but week one, they play Ohio State, and they're like 15-point dogs. That is not a good look for the Irish. It's, and, what and, do you mean it's not a good Freeman. look? They're going up against the Buckeyes. They're bringing everybody back. They got a new defensive coordinator. They're bringing back Stroud. They're bringing back... Uh, Smith and Jigba. They're bringing back Marvin Harrison Jr., Julian Fleming. They're bringing everybody back. They had kind of a down year last year, lost to Michigan. 
They are going to blow the doors off of Notre Dame week one. I, I'm, that's my pick. August, so, you, so you're just going to hammer the bucket. August 16th. This killed me early in the season last year because I had—I remember I had Ohio State big over Oregon at home in week two, and Oregon won the game outright, kind of threw Ohio State season off the rails. Not going to happen this year. Notre Dame, new coach, new quarterback, always overrated. Ohio State is going to blow the doors off in Notre Dame in week one and cover that spread, so I'll lock that in right now. Come on, man. I mean, you know, is Ohio State the better team? I mean, obviously, but – you look at the new the new head coach. You look at the swag that these guys have had in the offseason. You look at the investment that's gone into the program. And you look at the chance that, uh, that head coach Marcus Freeman is going to take here. He's starting a sophomore quarterback, unlike James Franklin. He's not going with the upperclassman, Drew Pine. He's starting the sophomore. Uh, the kid was a four-star kid. Eleventh uh, best QB in the nation for his uh, his year. He's a dual threat. He can move around a little bit. I mean, I, I could see him breaking a couple plays. I could see him escaping a couple plays. I mean, you know, I'm gonna bet Notre Dame. I'm gonna take the points. I Looks think, like it's at the horseshoe too. Of course it is. Woo! Of course it is. I thought I thought maybe week one little neutral side action. Nah, man. Unlike Penn State, which you know. Nine out of ten years is playing the Akron Zips in front of 110,000. Notre Dame goes on the road into the horseshoe. Just another game. Just the opener. You know what I mean? For Penn State, it's the biggest game of their year. Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> we'll go through Notre Dame's schedule at the end of the year when they're like 8-4 and four and look at all the shit teams they lost to in like on, the man. ACC. Come on, Number five, man. Number five. That, that ain't going to last long. Trust me. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying Penn State's the better team, but holy shit. If Num- they number go- five for them, they're going to look like number two uh, on Saturday night at the Horseshoe to open the season. If they go into Columbus and win that game or they keep it close, would you set, would you put them – you know, Bama one, Georgia two, Notre Dame three. <laughs> what? I don't know. Come on, man. We we can't be re-racking in September. We got to wait till at least like mid-October or, or I'm just saying, late I mean, October. It's, 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 a, it's a top top ten matchup. Yeah, no. I, I mean, it would be a good look for them if, if they played well in that game. I just don't. I just don't see how it happens. I happen to think Stroud's a little bit of a mirage. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, all those Ohio State quarterbacks are Barrett, Stroud. I mean, who else? Cardell Jones. They just get guys back. That, like, I'd love to play quarterback at Ohio State. They get all, all these athletes and receivers that just run wide open. Like, yeah. you, you don't need to be an elite quarterback to. I mean, they. I guess they get these kids that are good recruits, right? But, I mean, these guys just run so wide open. If you have, you know, one working eyeball and an arm. You just lay it out there. Do you think you could throw the skull cap back on and the Holly Kong <laughs> helmet and roll out there and lead them to a win over Notre Dame? Notre Dame, probably not, but I, I, I could get them on a cupcake week. You know, throw a couple 10 yard slants or something. Slam a screen into Marvin Harrison Jr.'s yeah, hands. So we'll, we'll look forward to some, some more college football talk and, and preview uh, in the next few weeks here. But the, the last thing I, w- I wanted to bring up in the spirit of kind of Sean Clifford and the NIL and everything, uh, LSU quarterback Miles Brennan is walking away from football. This was announced uh, yesterday. Then I see this tweet from Darren Ravel, who, like, I don't know. I, don't, I know people feel feel ways about this guy. I'm not a, not a fan, not not a fan. Uh, he just puts the information out there, and this is what I see. 
Miles Brennan signed NIL deals with Raising Canes, Smoothie King, GameCoin, Smalls Sliders, and Hollingsford Richards Ford. He did not play a single game since signing, but because NIL deals can't be based on performance, he keeps all the money. <laughs> I mean, based on performance, the guy's not even playing. He's walking away from football. I mean, that's just, he gets the cash without even showing up. Yeah, that's that's like why I'm not so sure about all this this NIL shit. Like, you, you don't think they need to unionize? You don't think they're mistreating? I'm not a fucking Reddit? labor expert, man, but something ain't right with that. With that whole situation, that, that'd be like me going back to Penn State and exercising, you know, my going back for graduate school and uh, being a run on to to the football program or any any program and getting a couple NIL deals and then saying, oh, yeah, I'm actually going to going to retire and I'm, I'm not going to do my graduate degree. And, yeah, you're not you're not meeting the terms of the contract, but it's a. Apparently, he is meeting the deal, the, the the terms of the contract. Well, and these businesses are fools. Can't be based on performance. I mean, well, how about this? You have to be a starter for at least fifty percent of the year. Yeah, is that performance? I call that showing up to work. Yeah, I think if you're like a C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Will Robinson or something like that, like that, then then you've got a case. But like if you're if you're just a guy with a a, a locker stall and a set of shoulder pads, sign a couple of deals and then re- retire. I mean, I don't know the details of the retirement either, but I'm I'm just talking like on the broad scale, like what 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 is going on here? Do I have to bring up raising canes? So raising canes might have, uh, you know, the expertise of a guy like CJF as it comes down to quarterbacks. I, I think your boy Bo Nix was a raising canes uh, sponsored athlete last year. Now we got Brandon sponsored athlete. Maybe the idea here is whoever raising canes decides to sponsor. Fade the team, fade the QB, take the season under. What do you think? Is this an anti-LSU? Oh, it's anti-Auburn. They stunk last year. Yeah, Auburn stunk. He's at Oregon now. Bo Nix is going to be the quarterback of the Ducks this year. Fade the Ducks. Fade the Ducks. Fade the Tigers. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I would love to sign a contract and get some cash and then retire and still get the cash. (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense, man. But hopefully Miles Brennan is uh, is all right. Like I said, don't know the, the the specifics of the retirement, but like, well, of course it's got to be something heartbreaking. I mean, you can't you can't just say I lost my desire to play because then the cash goes back. Sure, it's got to sure. be something. You know, first thing I would do was CTE. I got to keep the cash. You know, keep feeding the brain some fried chicken. Right, that'll that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I don't know this. This shit makes no sense. I guess we're I guess we're like old now. Like that's how I'm starting to feel with some of the shit that's going on. Like, yeah, once you become like anti-college. I mean, I was a college athlete. I can tell you, you know, I was begging for a freaking donut, a Dunkin' Donuts. You know, these kids are getting you know five, six-figure deals to do nothing. It's pathetic. We're 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 like the uh, we're like the boomers now. We're like the okay boomer. That's what everybody's saying to us. That's how I feel with some of the shit that's going on. But nothing else for me tonight. Uh, nothing else for the bomb. We're glad to have him back as always. And we'll look forward to some more college football talk uh, as we get closer to the season two weeks from Thursday night, that Penn State-Purdue opener. Uh, We'll get everybody ready for their fantasy football draft here shortly. 
Uh, we'll check in with our fantasy correspondent, Ali D. And, uh, yeah, we'll just keep it rolling. We're getting through these dog days of summer. We are headed for football season, folks, so hang in there. Uh, we'll thank everybody for listening. We will thank Menard Premium Detailing, uh, the best auto detail service in Box County. Check them out at MenardPremiumDetailing.com, uh, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Instagram. Uh, and like I said, wherever you're listening, leave a rating, five stars, press subscribe. Uh, follow the Instagram at Thoughts from the Shade, on Twitter at TFTS Pod. Uh, and I think that's all the administrative stuff for tonight. So thanks again, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you next week.